0: Hello and welcome to Intelligence Talks. I'm Anna Ward, a Senior Residential Analyst at Knight Frank, and today I'm joined by Dan Tubb. Dan is Senior Director of Sales at the Towers of the Waldorf Astoria Residences in New York, and Liam Bailey, who's Global Head of Residential Research at Knight Frank based in London. Dan, uh, you're with us first. What would you describe as, I guess, the key trends now going forward for prime residential? What would you say will be kind of important design-wise and what will keep the buyers coming back for sort of city center prime property, even when there seems to still be somewhat of a trend of, you know, people pushing out for more space.
1: When things begin to reopen in cities, it's, it's no surprise that you see people rushing back because the situation that we've had, and just talking to a little bit of the urban flight that, you know, we all saw a bit of, we had a webinar with Jonathan Miller as well during the pandemic, and he was talking about how, the majority of flight from cities and influx to cities is really the rental population. And so we definitely saw that here in Manhattan as a sign that it has been already begun to recover in a very strong way. The rental market in Manhattan is extremely tight. I just spoke to some clients recently who are trying to secure something that meets their needs, and they're still not able to do so. That's a very good sign about the recovery, but people come back to cities for the restaurants, the bars, now the gyms open, and now Broadway, of course, here in Manhattan. So with all those things opening, they come back to live life again. People are looking for a high level of service, the idea that you have amenities that could meet the needs not only of everyday life, but maybe even during another pandemic or situation like that. And, you know, elements like the private concierge closet that we have, which has created contactless delivery. So, That's what people are looking for. They're looking for larger space where perhaps they can work from home as well. You know, in the towers, uh, the unit mix has really lent itself to giving those buyers confidence to come back and make a purchase.
0: And Leo, on on, um, the back to work trend that Dan just uh, pointed out, what kind of impact are you seeing that have currently on primary central markets in London and New York? Our global buyer survey, of course, found about a third expect to return to the office full time. um, But for the remaining two thirds, you know, they'll be expecting to have more space at home and so on. So where do you see that going over the next few years?
2: It's having an enormous impact already. The big change was the was, was the release of lockdown. So, you know, all those amenities um, that Dan just touched on were reopened and people you know, began to um, appreciate those and, and, and appreciate being in the city again. But actually the back to work phenomena, which, you know, really, in the UK, we lagged a little bit where New York was earlier in the year, but you know, the UK it's really been kind of first of September was the kind of reopening of office work in big cities, and it's had a you know dramatic impact. And actually, you know, Dan's point about the rental market as being the real bellwether oh, you know, how people are kind of uh, seeing cities uh, is absolutely right, and it's a it's a really similar story in in the London market. You know, rents collapsed last year because. Renters thought, well, I don't need to be in the city because there's nothing going on. So they they left and the short term rental market obviously, you know, um, disappeared. But now offices are reopened. People are back in work. And, you know, guess what? You know, the the, the rental market here in London is as tight as a New York market. You know, rents are, are back to where they were in many locations. It's definitely a landlord's market. Tenants are having to work really hard to get hold of accommodation so you can kind of see the draw already uh, in the rental sector and i think you know you, you're already seeing it on the on the sales side i think that search for space even in the city is is real you know so in in, in the london market large houses in very central areas in massive demand you know large apartments uh, with access to communal gardens and so on in huge demand that sort of the experience that dan 's touched on is is, is is kind of is, is mm. repeated in many locations yeah. and just on just on the the kind of the flight to the flight to the country and and, and the the kind of flight for space uh, that we 've seen over the past the past year what we don 't yet know but my suspicion is that actually uh, um, what will sort of come out in the washroom is. A lot of those, those moves that were made and, and, you know, undoubtedly people have been looking for kind of moving uh, out of cities over the last um, 12 months. A lot of those moves that were made were probably the decisions brought forward. So decisions that would have been made over the next, say, two, three, four years. And actually people made that decision during the COVID period and and, and kind of pushed on with it. On the flip side at the moment, as, as people have come back to the office, suddenly the realization that I need to be in town. Three, four, maybe even five days a week. Actually, we're seeing that one of the biggest trends we're seeing right now in London, uh, and I know to a certain extent in the New York market, is is demand for smaller flats, so one bedroom flats, two bedroom flats, terres mm-hmm. in the city, because people actually suddenly find they need they need to be in town, probably more than they were expecting to be.
0: It seems to be a sense that you know everyone sort of made a big move, and Liam, you, you spoke up before kind of bringing decisions forward. So, do you think, therefore, the market could get quieter, or do you think that there has now been such a sort of fundamental shift and change in appetite for more space that generations to come—sort of a big question for you—generations to, to come will also change what they're looking for and want, and want kind of bigger space going forward, or or do you think we'll be kind of reverting back to 2019 at some point, all happy in small apartments in the city?
1: Well, let me dust off my crystal ball real yeah, quick okay. right here in front of me.
0: <laughs> think I'm giving you the hard ones.
1: We definitely had people move away from the city. It's a trend that always existed in some measure, but of course it was a, a bit more dramatic during COVID. And some of those people are not coming back. Whether people moved to the tri-state area or they moved, as many did, down to South Florida, what we are seeing is exactly what Liam touched on is And it's reflected in the buyer pool at the towers is that those individuals who called Manhattan home for all of these years are just not ready to let it go, whether it's for work purposes or for just the fact that they love this city, they raised their children here, their their memories are here and things like that. And so a lot of them who have decamped to elsewhere are now reaching back to purchase, as Liam said, a smaller pied-à-terre in the city so that they can come back and enjoy the city or or work or whatever they need to do. And in the case of the towers, you have this iconic, highly serviced, uh, amenitized pied-à-terre in the city that people love. And although it's not an entirely new buyer demographic, there are always people buying pied-à-terre. Ironically, it's a new wealth of buyers that was created by the pandemic that sort of forced them out and now sort of forced them to reach back. And so, yes, I think that people throughout the pandemic, looked to buy larger space because it was more affordable with price decreases and, and negotiations and things like that. The market is tightening up a lot now. And so in the future, I think you'll have that buyer that's reaching back for the pied de terre, but you'll have a buyer who is looking for, you know, based on their pandemic experience, getting a larger apartment where they can work from home or where they have a terrace, an outdoor space where they can get out and enjoy you know, outside without having to go amongst other people, if necessary, and things like that. But it's very interesting, you know, it depends on what people's circumstance is, where they're located, and what they need. Still, we have this very rounded buyer pool of people buying for larger apartments, whether it's primary or pied-a-terre, and then the smaller ones, which we offer as well.
0: And Liam, in terms of like weighing up, I guess, where London and New York are when it comes to well, mainly the sort of prime direction or future of prime uh, property. Uh, have you noticed much of a bounce yet or kind of interest from overseas buyers in London? Is New York slightly ahead of the curve from that perspective, or are they both in fairly similar positions at the moment?
2: They're quite similar markets. You know, uh, London probably arguably is a slightly more international marketplace. We don't have the, the same depth of domestic wealth to kind of drive the prime market, as, uh, as as New York does, but you know they're, they're both very international markets, and uh, that international demand is, is is very resilient. It's difficult for people to kind of to, to get to these cities at the moment from certain parts of the world, and that that obviously weighs on you know some activity. But you know looking at the uh, the numbers of people registering to buy and actually making inquiries on properties in in, in London, uh, and I know too also in in, in Manhattan. You know from around the world it's it 's quite clear that, that demand hasn 't changed or that that desire uh, for these cities hasn 't changed i mean and ultimately London and new york they are cities driven by their economies i mean these are these are big business and financial clusters that drive these cities and and ultimately you know the the reopening of those you know of the the kind of the engines of the economy in 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 both of these cities the big office occupiers and uh, and so on this is this is the, the the big move the big shift because actually once you've once you've reopened and once you've energized the city again and people are back in and they're, uh, you know, they're socializing, they're working together, they're kind of sharing ideas, they're, they, you know, they're um, meeting people and, and and so on. Then the reason for the existence of these cities becomes very obvious. You know, th- this is what they're all about. And, you know, I think, you know, Dan's point's absolutely right. People, you know, may, may well have made moves, um, either, you know, potentially permanently or, 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 uh, or temporary. But. The, the temptation to come back into somewhere like London or New York is really strong because they offer something which really no other cities globally can offer, uh, which is a, you know, a really powerful, rich mixture of economic enterprise and activity, which you can't get in many, many other locations. And it's, it's really what drives all of this demand in, in, in the prime markets that we uh, that we cover.
0: Thank you, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly been, from a perspective of a Londoner, really interesting to kind of just get out about and again, see everyone kind of going back to work and, and so on. Obviously, to, to your point, Dan, just on uh, the bars filling up again, and hopefully, because I know obviously the US has has got a bit of a concern around sort of Delta variants. Hopefully that doesn't derail things for you. You know, I think we've all certainly had, had our fair share of disturbances from that. Um, but thank you so much for joining Liam and I on this podcast. I hope that we can catch up at another point in the year, perhaps another record-breaking quarter of sales for you after Q3.
1: Looking forward to that for sure, Anna. And and thanks (laughs) again to both of you. This has been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for joining me, Dan and Liam. So for more analysis, you can subscribe to our Research Note, which goes out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. You can see our show notes for more details on that. And please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and listen out for our next episode in two weeks. Thank you for listening to this week's Intelligence Talks.